Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Talking Pro Football. My name is Michael Carlisle, and man, have we got a lot to get to. Week one in the National Football League. As we drop this, we still got the Monday night game to come, but want to look back at all the action. We'll start with the Thursday night game, the NFL kickoff in Tampa. The Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys, and Tampa beats Dallas 31 31- 29. It was Tom Brady's 300th career regular season start. He goes out and goes 32 for 50 for 379 yards and four touchdowns to lead the way for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the losing effort, Dak Prescott goes 42 of 58, 403 yards and three touchdowns. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, not a particularly good game from Zeke Elliott, just 33 yards rushing on 11 carries imagine being Prescott you throw for over 400 yards you throw three touchdown passes and you still come up on the losing end the Buccaneers meanwhile they score 30 points in their eighth straight game of course that dates back to last season including the playoffs that's the longest such streak in franchise history it's also tied for the longest streak by any team in the Super Bowl era now a couple of notes on this game We'll start with the Cowboys. I wouldn't be too concerned. I think you saw a lot of positives coming out of that game, and I'm not really big on moral victories, but a couple of things you can take away from this. Dak Prescott showed no rust after missing a big chunk of last season with that injury. I think you probably need to be a little concerned about Zeke Elliott. I don't know that I would worry too much about that just yet. Again, you threw the ball 58 times on Thursday night, So it's not like there were a ton of of run opportunities for Zeke in the first place. I think that's something worth keeping an eye on. I thought the defense, even though they gave up 31 points to the Buccaneers, I, I thought the defense was okay. I think it will continue to get better. I do believe Dallas will be just fine in the NFC East. Tampa, meanwhile, picking up right where they left off last year. Of course, last season ended with them winning the Super Bowl. They look really, really good, and that should be no surprise. They bring back all 22 starters from last season, and Tom Brady, despite being another year older, doesn't show it. He may never show it. You know, the the running joke, he may play forever, and he may. But I think Tampa, at least in week one, they are who we thought they were. The Cowboys, I think you saw glimpses of what this team's going to be. And again, in that NFC East, it's probably not going to take a whole lot 
to win that division. And I do think the Cowboys, when it's all said and done, will be just fine. All right, on to the uh, Sunday games. We'll start with the early games. We'll start in Atlanta where the Eagles whipped the Falcons 32-6. Jalen Hurts, 27-35, 264 yards. He threw three touchdown passes. He also ran for 62 yards. Hertz was especially effective against the Blitz, completing 9 of 11 passes for 108 yards and two touchdowns versus the Atlanta pass rush. Devonta Smith, the second Eagle-wide receiver with five or more receptions in his first career game since 2000. Deshaun Jackson was the other. Jackson had six catches in his first game, and that's exactly what Smith wound up with when it was all said and done. A couple of things from this game. The Falcons are kind of what we thought the Falcons were going to be, at least through week one. They obviously miss Julio Jones. This is a team that's really not expected to contend. Um, You got to feel a little bad for Matt Ryan because, quite honestly, when they are ready to contend, he may or may not be the guy who's still under center for the Falcons. The Eagles, meanwhile, and it's one game and something we're going to preach a lot in these early weeks of the NFL season Don't get too high. Don't get too low off of a game or two. But I will say this for the Eagles. I thought they looked very focused in this game. I thought they were, for the most part, very crisp with their execution. I like what we saw from Jalen Hurts. Like I just mentioned with the Cowboys, despite their loss on Thursday night, it may uh, may not take a whole lot to win the NFC East. So I think this was a good first step for the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, the question for them is going to be, Are they going to be able to keep it up? Another one of the early games on Sunday. The Steelers go into Buffalo, and they upset the Bills 23-16. Steelers trail 10-0 at the half. It's the first season opening win when trailing by 10 or more points at halftime. They were 0-14 in previous situations. And a couple of things on this. Ben Roethlisberger, I thought, looked good. Now, statistically, he didn't wow you with what he did. But they did just enough, and that defense for Pittsburgh stepped up really well. T.J. Watt, seven games now with two or more sacks since 2019. That's the most in the NFL during that period, and I thought their defense stepped up in a big way. While, again, Roethlisberger may not have wowed you with his stats, the run game may not have wowed you either, but I think you can see the seeds of the improvements, the changes that uh, Pittsburgh made in the offseason to improve um, that aspect of the offense as well. You know, we said in the preview episode uh, a couple of weeks back that the Steelers could surprise you. Obviously, that's a tough division with Cleveland, with Baltimore, and with Pittsburgh. And we know how the season ended last year for uh, Pittsburgh after that uh, great start that they got off to. But if you can get some wins early, get a little confidence and bring everybody along, the Steelers could still make things interesting in that division and I think they took a nice step towards that in week one with that win over the Bills Buffalo meanwhile you don't have to push the panic button just yet I think it's a little concerning uh, the way they they executed or maybe the lack of execution that you saw there from Buffalo but it's just one game we know the talent on this team Uh, Josh Allen has plenty of weapons that defense really improved as last season went along you expect the defense to be pretty good this season as well. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And if you're the Bills, you don't get too low after dropping that game to Pittsburgh. The Bengals, 
at home. They get by the Vikings in overtime, 27-24. Joe Burrow goes 20 of 27, 261 yards, had a couple of touchdown passes. Joe Mixon ran for 127 yards and a score. It was good to see that play from Burrow after missing a big chunk of last year with his knee injury. Kirk Cousins throws for 351 yards and a pair of scores in the loss. I don't expect a whole lot from either one of these teams, especially the Bengals. Now, maybe the Vikings can can make things interesting in the NFC North. We'll have to see. And certainly Kirk Cousins had a good game on Sunday. But again, you come up on the losing end and, and good for the Bengals. They, they start the season with a win. Regardless uh, of where you may wind up finishing or what the expectations the the so-called experts have for you, you'd rather start with a win than a loss, and Cincinnati went out and did that on Sunday. The 49ers, one of the more entertaining games on Sunday, they hang on to beat the Lions in Detroit 41-33. Jimmy Garoppolo, 17 of 25, 314 yards. He also threw a touchdown pass. Trey Lance, by the way, also threw his first NFL touchdown pass. It's the only pass he threw of the day. 49ers had to hold on as the Lions made a furious fourth quarter comeback. They outscored San Francisco 16-3 in that fourth quarter, but the Niners are able to hold on for the victory. We mentioned Trey Lance, his first NFL touchdown pass. He's the first rookie quarterback since Matt Ryan to throw a TD on his first NFL attempt in their first NFL game. Tim Tebow also did it as well. Garoppolo, despite the the going back and forth with the the, the quarterbacks, and and look, we saw that in the preseason. I think Sunday proved that wasn't just for show because we saw it a number of times during this game. But Garoppolo, I thought, looked really good. And I think the 49ers, until they decide to turn things over to Trey Lance, as long as Garoppolo stays healthy, I think they're in good hands with Jimmy G. Garoppolo goes 6 of 7 for 200 yards and a touchdown pass on passes that were 10-plus yards in the air. I I think that that's another good thing from Garoppolo. So all in all, that's good for the 49ers, and and I think you're feeling good right now if you're San Fran in in what's going to be a really competitive NFC West. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Speaking of the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals, a team I told you to keep an eye on. They're not necessarily the darling pick headed into the season. Everybody loves the Rams. I think a lot of people are big on the Niners if they can stay healthy. The Seahawks, of course, but the Cardinals with that defense, and we saw the offense on Sunday. Uh, They beat the Titans 38-13. Kyler Murray goes 21 of 32, 289 yards, not one, not two, not three, but four touchdown passes for Murray. That Cardinals defense was superb. Chandler Jones, five sacks. They hold Derrick Henry to just 58 yards rushing on 17 carries. We mentioned Chandler Jones in those five sacks. Third most sacks in a season opener behind William Gay back in 1983, who had five and a half sacks. And Derek Thomas, who had six sacks in the season opener in 1998. Murray, the first Cardinal player with four touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown in a game since 1962. Oh, by the way, Kyler Murray also completes eight of 10 passes against the Blitz for 142 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He also had a perfect passer rating of 158.3 against the Blitz as well. And if you watch that game at all, you saw... What makes Kyler Murray so special? The way he was able to avoid the pass rush of the Titans, keep the plays alive until receivers can get open. And with that receiving core that he has, as long as he can do that, as long as he can stay upright and avoid the pass rush, eventually those guys will get open regardless of the defense because they've just got that much speed. They've just got that much talent on that side of the ball. Another one of the early games on Sunday, the Seahawks. They go into Indy. They beat the Colts 28-16. Russell Wilson had himself a game with four touchdown passes. He threw for 254 yards. Carson Wentz, in his Colts debut, goes for 251 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Colts, by the way, have now lost eight straight Week 1 games. This may be my my favorite stat from week one just because it's so odd and bizarre eight straight week one games the Colts have lost now that's the longest active streak in the NFL and honestly it's not something that's necessarily indicative of this year's team it really means nothing at least right now as far as the 2021 Colts are concerned but it's really bizarre eight straight seasons you start the year off with a loss there's no rhyme no reason for it but it's something that the Colts uh, have had to deal with Now, we talked about Russell Wilson, four touchdown passes. He looked really comfortable in that revamped offense. However, one of the things that was a bone of contention between Wilson and the Seahawks in the offseason was the lack of protection lately for Russell Wilson. And unfortunately, that was the case against Indy on Sunday. Russell Wilson was sacked three times, the 18th time that he's been sacked three or more times in a game since 2019. 18 times the only other player that's been sacked more during that span well you don't have to look very far it's Carson Wentz Uh, by the way he was sacked three times on Sunday as well but they have got to do a better job protecting Russell Wilson he is a special talent and can take this team a long way but at some point in time the wear and tear the beating and banging on his body it's going to start to take a toll the L.A. Chargers go into Washington, and they beat the football team 20-16. to This was an interesting game. Justin Herbert goes for 337 yards and a touchdown against that Washington defense. Chargers get the win in the head coaching debut of Brandon Staley. For Washington, Tyler Heineke comes in for the injured Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick injury is a hip. We'll get into that a little more later, but that's going to be a blow for a Washington team that has a really good defense, and that defense is good enough, should be good enough anyway, that Washington can 
contend in most games, and if things go their way, be a player of the NFC East. The problem for Washington, though, and we've talked about it a lot on this show in previous episodes, is the offense. And certainly the hope was uh, the veteran presence of Ryan Fitzpatrick could kind of stabilize things. You don't have to be great offensively, but you have to be efficient. And it sure looks like Fitzpatrick's going to miss probably a pretty significant amount of time here. Tyler Heineke, I thought he showed some promise. He also looked good in the playoff game um, last season as well. But obviously, there's not enough body of work there to really judge what you're going to get out of uh, Tyler Heineke. And Fitzpatrick had won that job pretty handily uh, going, you know, coming out of camp. So that's going to be a big blow for a Washington team that was going to be dependent on being efficient offensively in order to contend. This is something that they did not want to have to deal with after week one. Then we get to what was dubbed as the Sam Darnold Bowl. The Panthers hold off the Jets 19 to 14. Darnold in his first start with Carolina goes for 279 yards and a score. Christian McCaffrey runs for 98 yards. He also had nine catches for 89 yards in the win. For the Jets, Zach Wilson, 258 yards passing. He also had a touchdown pass to Corey Davis in his first NFL start. He was also sacked six times, though, tied for the fifth most all-time for a quarterback in his first career start. And Zach Wilson may have learned a little bit why Darnold struggled in New York. You got to give the guy protection. I, look, I also thought Zach Wilson did a lot of good things on Sunday. Obviously not enough to get the win, but I think you saw why the Jets are so high on Zach Wilson, why they drafted him, where they did. I think the Jets are headed in the right direction. But quite honestly, Darnold's in a really good situation in Carolina right now as long as they can stay healthy. You know, we mentioned uh, McCaffrey and his big numbers. Seven games now for Christian McCaffrey with at least 75 yards rushing and 75 yards receiving. That passes Walter Payton for the third most since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970. Only Marshall Falk and Priest Holmes have more such games since 1970. So Christian McCaffrey... When he's healthy, and he's healthy right now, he can do it all, whether it's on the ground, whether it's catching passes out of the backfield, whether it's lining up in the slot. You've got a huge weapon there in Christian McCaffrey for Sam Darnold. If he can stay healthy, that's a good spot for him if he can hold up his end of the deal. And again, he looked good on Sunday, but don't get too high. Don't get too low. It's just one game. Speaking of it's just one game, the Houston Texans, they start the season 1-0 with a 37-21 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence never threw three interceptions in a game in his three seasons at Clemson, but he did so Sunday in his NFL debut against Houston. Tyrod Taylor, meanwhile, goes 21-33 of for 291 yards and two touchdowns. Lawrence, it, look, it wasn't all bad for Trevor. He was 21 of 58 overall for 332 yards. In addition to the three picks, he had three touchdown passes. But again, those three interceptions, that's you're going to have to cut down on the mistakes. There's no doubt about that. But look, for as bad as Houston is, although they get the win, the Jaguars, look, they got Trevor Lawrence for a reason with the number one overall pick because they were a terrible team last year. While I do think Jacksonville is headed in the right direction, it's going to be a while. You're not fixing the problems of the Jaguars overnight, even with Urban Meyer in as head coach, even with Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. It's going to take some time. There's going to be some growing pains. I think you saw a lot of what you hope Trevor Lawrence is going to do in the National Football League on Sunday. You also saw a lot of what you hope he can avoid doing in the National Football League.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On to the afternoon games from Sunday and the Kansas City Chiefs come from behind to beat the Cleveland Browns. This was a heck of a game. 33-29 was the final. Patrick Mahomes goes 27-36, 337 yards, three touchdown passes. Tyree Kill, 11 catches, 197 yards, and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield for the Browns, 321 yards passing on 21 of 28. Did not have a touchdown pass. He did have one interception, and it was a costly one late. That two-headed monster at running back for Cleveland, uh, Nick Chubb, 83 yards running. Kareem Hunt had 33 yards rushing. In the loss, Cleveland had their chances. They jumped out to a big lead early, but we've seen this time and time again from Mahomes and the Chiefs. No lead is safe when you're playing Kansas City. They come back, they get the win. Now, Cleveland did have the ball late with a chance to go down and score, and Baker Mayfield, probably an ill-advised pass, trying to make something happen, throws the pick, and Kansas City gets the win. I think a couple of things from this game if you didn't know why everybody was so high on the Chiefs and picking them to, at the very least, be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, if not win at all, I think you were reminded of the reasons for that in this game. Just the things that Mahomes does. It was a vintage Patrick Mahomes game. The three touchdown passes, the scrambling to keep plays alive, like we talked about earlier with Kyler Murray. Nobody keeps plays alive in the National Football League better than Patrick Mahomes does, and he did that a number of times on Sunday, waiting for receivers to get open. By the way, Mahomes also ran for a touchdown pass in this game. Uh, Even in the losing effort, though, I think we saw why People are are believers now in the Cleveland Browns. Look, we know what Cleveland did last season, but we also know what this organization has been for a number of years. But even in the loss, even blowing that lead, you saw a lot of what makes the Browns so popular uh, among fans and and prognosticators you know as they make their predictions throughout the season. Also worth noting, Odell Beckham Jr., a game time scratch. For Cleveland, just not quite ready to come back after missing time last year from that injury. He's close, could play next week, uh, if not, almost certainly the week after. But he went through pregame warm-ups, and he just wasn't doing quite enough that the coaching staff wanted to see in order to really feel like they could count on him in this game. So uh, Mayfield was without one of his weapons there with Odell Beckham Jr. But again, it's a long season. If you're the Browns, you don't get too down on this game. You've got plenty of time to make things up and to improve and build upon what you started on last season. Another one of the afternoon games on Sunday, the Miami Dolphins. They go into Foxborough. They hold off the Patriots 17-16. to This was a battle, you know, if the Panthers and Jets was the Sam Darnold Bowl. This, I guess, was the former Alabama quarterback bowl, Tua Tagovailoa. He was efficient, 16 of 27, 202 yards, touchdown, and a pick. But Mac Jones of the Patriots actually outplayed him. Jones goes 29 of 39, 281 yards, and a touchdown. In the end, though, 
Running back Damian Harris of the Patriots, he ran for 100 yards, but his time in New England might be coming to an end if he can't hold on to the football. He had a costly red zone fumble late in the game as the Patriots were driving to take the lead. Bill Belichick is a no-tolerance type of guy, right? Look, it's, you know, work hard, no days off, all that good stuff. One thing Belichick does not tolerate is the inability to hold on to the football. Now, it's just one game. And if this were any other team, I don't know that I would even make that big of a deal out of this. But while I don't think Harris will quite be in the doghouse just yet, Belichick, he doesn't forget. He remembers everything. And you're going to have to go out and prove it if you're Damian Harris. It was a costly fumble for sure. One play does not win you or lose you a football game. But you can't deny the circumstances. Like I said, in the red zone, you're driving. To take the lead, you're well into field goal range. Obviously, the hope was to, to score a touchdown there, but you fumble the football. Uh, Belichick will not tolerate that. So Damian Harris is going to have to have a bounce back and do a better job holding on to the football despite his 100-yard rushing game on Sunday. Maybe the biggest surprise of Week 1, the Saints at home in Jacksonville. Yeah, at home in Jacksonville. They beat the Packers. 38 to 3. You heard me right. 38 to 3. This game was played in Jacksonville because the, the Saints were unable to play at the Superdome because of uh, the hurricane a couple of weeks ago. So the game was moved to Jacksonville. My thoughts coming out of this this is what Aaron Rodgers came back for? Really? Rodgers was 15 of 28, 133 yards, and two picks. That's right, two picks. Keep in mind, Rodgers only threw five interceptions all last season. How bad was this game for Rodgers and the Packers? Second-year quarterback Jordan Love saw his first action as a pro. It was mop-up duty, but he went 5-7 of seven for 68 yards. Rodgers, 133 passing yards, his worst since Week 8 of 2015, and his 53.5% completion percentage and 36.8 passer rating, his worst since week 15 of 2014. This was not a good game for the Packers at all. Now, couple things here. That running theme again. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Some of this, I think, you can trace back to the preseason and the decision by LaFleur and the Packers coaching staff not to play Aaron Rodgers in, in the preseason. I thought Rodgers looked rusty. I, I don't think he was quite in midseason form, which is a little surprising, even though he didn't play in the preseason, just because he is a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. Oh, by the way, he's also the league MVP from a season ago. But it looks like he could have benefited from at least some time in the preseason. I, I don't think this is going to be a lingering problem for Green Bay. I think in the long run, they'll be just fine. But they did not look like a team that was in sync at all on Sunday. Meanwhile, for the Saints, Alvin Kamara runs for 83 yards. He also has three catches, including a touchdown. And how about Jameis Winston? After beating out Taysom Hill for the starting job in the preseason, Winston throws for five touchdown passes. And just as important, maybe even more so, no interceptions. He was 16 of 20 overall, just 148 yards passing. But that's all the Saints needed from him on Sunday with the field position they had, with the early lead they got out to. They didn't need to throw the ball a lot. Uh, Winston was exactly what they needed on Sunday. He played mistake-free football, which I think is the most important thing by far. I, I don't think anybody questions the talent, the potential that Jameis Winston has. He's shown that. 
but it's also the mistakes and the mental lapses that tend to pop up from time to time. His last season in Tampa throws for over 30 touchdowns, also throws for over 30 interceptions. If he can eliminate the picks and and he can be efficient, and when you've got a guy like Alvin Kamara, at some point you'll get Michael Thomas back. That offense should be in, in pretty good hands with Jameis Winston. Now, don't get me wrong, he's no Drew Brees, but he probably doesn't have to be either. Winston, by the way, the first quarterback in NFL history to throw five touchdown passes and no interceptions in a season opener in his first career start with a new team. Overall, he's the seventh quarterback with five uh, passing touchdowns and no interceptions in, in an opener, the first to do it since Lamar Jackson in 2019. Another one of the afternoon games on Sunday, the Denver Broncos. They go into New York. They beat the Giants 27-13. Broncos starter Teddy Bridgewater, 28 of 36, 263 yards, had a couple of touchdown passes as well. Melvin Gordon runs for over 100 yards, 101 to be exact. Jerry Judy had six catches as well for the Broncos. This was a nice win for Denver. It was important for the Broncos, I think, to get off to a good start. You do it by going out on the road as well. Bridgewater becomes the fifth quarterback in team history to throw 35-plus passes in a game with a completion percentage of 75-plus. Von Miller, man, we've we talked all leading up to the start of the season about the Broncos' defense. Von Miller is back. Of course, the NFL's active career sack leader. He had two more sacks on Sunday in his first action since his uh, ankle injury last season. For the Giants, meanwhile, Daniel Jones wasn't bad. Wasn't great. Wasn't even all that good, but he wasn't bad. He was 22 of 37, 267 yards passing and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley made his return after missing most of last season. He had 10 carries for 26 yards. Also had a catch. Look, I wouldn't be too concerned about Barkley's pedestrian numbers. Shouldn't really be a surprise at all. Look, there was some question earlier in the week if he'd even play in this game. It's going to take him a little while to get back in the swing of things coming off that season-ending injury from a year ago. So I, I wouldn't panic too much about that. I thought Jones was okay, like I said. He wasn't great. He wasn't even all that good, but he wasn't bad either. I think his job gets a little easier as Saquon Barkley continues to improve and returns to his old form, you know, coming back from that injury. So again, you don't get too high. You don't get too low after one week of NFL action. Don't know that, that we need to put Daniel Jones out to pasture just yet, but I also don't think he's done anything close to solidifying his hold on that quarterback job just yet. And then you have the Sunday night game. The LA Rams start off their season with a 34-14 win over the Chicago Bears. Matthew Stafford was 20 of 26, 321 yards, three touchdown passes. Daryl Henderson ran for 70 yards, and I bring that up because one of the problems the Rams are going to have this year is the run game. They've had a ton of injuries there, and that's going to be a bit of a challenge for them. In the loss, Andy Dalton throws for 270 yards in his Bears debut. Justin Fields also saw some action. He was two for two as a passer. He also ran for a touchdown. A couple of takeaways from this game. We'll start with the losing team, the Bears, first. They're going to be a bit of a work in progress. They obviously don't want to rush Justin Fields, and I think that's a very smart move on their part. I think Andy Dalton is more than capable of being a solid quarterback. But if the Bears are going to be successful, they probably need more than solid quarterback play, whether that be Dalton stepping up or whether that's eventually Justin Fields 
taking this job this year as opposed to sitting behind Dalton and getting some spot plays here and there. We'll have to see on that. But if the Bears are going to be successful, they probably are going to need a little bit better play out of the quarterback spot. I don't think Dalton was bad. Again, he threw for 270 yards, didn't have an interception. Oh, excuse me. He had one interception, did not throw a touchdown pass. They also got solid run game play. David Montgomery, 108 yards rushing. Dalton, by the way, had 13 yards on the ground as well. But the Bears are going to be a bit of a work in progress. The Rams, meanwhile, look, Stafford... Despite my thoughts on the trade and was it really an upgrade from Jared Goff, and I still don't necessarily think that it was, Stafford's not a bad quarterback. Now, he languished in Detroit for all those seasons, and that's certainly a place nobody wants to be stuck at. So he's finally got a lot of weapons around him, receiving-wise, with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods, and others, and he took full advantage of that on Sunday night. Again, I think that run game is going to be a bit of a challenge for them. That's an awful competitive and talented NFC West. I know everybody's big on the Rams. I'm still not, but you got to give them credit. They went out and got the job done on Sunday night. Don't forget the Monday night game this week has the Baltimore Ravens on the road. They are going to the Las Vegas Raiders, and that should be a very interesting matchup. The Ravens favored by four in this one. We'll recap it for you on Thursday, but I'll just say this now. The Ravens, you know, we, we talked about the Rams' problems with the run game. <laughs> the Rams are in a really good spot compared to the Ravens right now. They have just had a ton of injuries at the running back spot. And I think that's something that's going to hamper them a little bit in the early part of the season. So that Monday night game should be really interesting between the Ravens and the Raiders. Again, we will recap that on the Thursday edition of the podcast. All right, we will wrap up this edition of Talking Pro Football with some notes coming out of the Sunday games. Uh, we'll start with New Orleans. Of course, they got the win on Sunday. They get more good news as cornerback Marshawn Lattimore has agreed to a five-year, $97.6 million contract extension. Could be worth up to $100 million. $68.3 million of it is guaranteed. It's the largest full guaranteed at signing for any corner in NFL history. So they lock up one of their key pieces on defense. That is certainly good news. Now, a little bit of bad news attached to that. Lattimore suffered a thumb injury in Sunday's win over the Packers. He's going to have surgery to repair it. The good news is they don't expect him to be out long. He's considered week to week. So it's entirely possible he doesn't miss any time. I think it's probably a fairly safe bet, though. He'll miss at least one week, but they've got him locked up long term. And like we talked about earlier, if you can get consistent play out of Jameis Winston and the Saints offense, that defense might be good enough to keep them pretty competitive in a division I think everybody just expected Tampa Bay to run away with. Denver Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy. We had mentioned his game earlier uh, in the Broncos win with those six catches. What we didn't mention, he was carted off the field in that game after suffering a gruesome-looking ankle injury. The good news for Judy and the Broncos, x-rays were negative, which is very surprising just based on the way that injury looked. But uh, x-rays negative. Officially, it is a high ankle sprain. I'd be very shocked if he played next week, but it sounds like he may not miss too much time, especially based on what I think went through a lot of people's heads when you saw that injury happen and you saw the replays of it. 
because that was a nasty looking injury. So to have, you know, no breaks, no ligament damage, anything like that, I think that is a huge win for Jerry Judy and the Denver Broncos. Washington quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we did mention this earlier, uh, he left the game with a hip injury. It's believed to be a hip subluxation, which is similar to what uh, Tua Tagovailoa had at Alabama. He will undergo an MRI on Monday to determine if that is in fact the case. The hope is nothing was broken. It's still a serious injury, but they'll find out exactly how serious after that MRI on Monday. If there is nothing broken, there's no joint damage, he could be back uh, a lot sooner rather than later. Um, if anything is broken, if there is hip damage, there's a good chance Fitzpatrick's season may be done already. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan says that the team believes corner Jason Verrett tore his right ACL. That's a big blow for the Niners defense and a big blow offensively. Raheem Mostert missed most of today's game with the knee injury. They'll find out this week just how serious that is. But if they are without him for a significant amount of time, that could be a big blow for the Niners as well. And again, uh, we've talked about this a lot. We'll keep bringing it up. That NFC West is an awfully competitive division with the Niners, with the Rams, with the Seahawks, with the Cardinals. So, you know, any injuries, any bad luck, bad games here or there could wind up being the difference in winning the division and being a playoff team and being on the outside looking in. So both those things are certainly worth keeping an eye on. Hey, don't forget, you can always hit us up on Twitter at TalkingProFB. You can also email the show TalkingProFootball at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at RealMikeCarlisle. That is it for us. We will drop our next podcast episode on Thursday, looking at all the week two action. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to Talking Pro Football.